Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of October 22nd through October 28th, 2012. Vulnerability activity for the period decreased, although there were no less than five zero-day vulnerabilities reported during the period, including a Microsoft Office Picture Manager GIF image processing memory corruption vulnerability, an Internet Explorer filter cross-site scripting vulnerability, an Office Word 2010 document parsing unspecified memory corruption vulnerability, an Adobe Acrobat Reader unspecified memory corruption vulnerability, and an Apple QuickTime Player for Windows Division by Zero remote denial of service vulnerability. All of these vulnerabilities have reported exploit code or proof of concept code available, and all are in widely used uh, and frequently exploited products. Attacks using these vulnerabilities have not been identified yet, but it's likely the vulnerabilities would be used following public release. HP released a security bulletin and updated patches to address the ISC bind multiple vulnerabilities, initially reported by ISC in July. And Adobe released the Adobe Shockwave Player security update for October 2012 to correct multiple vulnerabilities. Two cryptographic issues were reported this week. Google was discovered to be using a 512-bit domain keys identified mail key on its email, which a recipient noticed. Uh, The recipient broke the key and used it when sending email to the CEO. The weakness of the key uh, allows users to spoof the email domain. In addition, the Sony PS3 LVO key was publicly exposed, potentially allowing anyone to decrypt games for the console. Reviewers of this exposure have reported that this issue may not be uh, correctable and may open future releases to unauthorized access. HP, 3Com, and H3C routers and switches have an information disclosure vulnerability, and HP has released a security advisory and updated software. Cisco released an applied mitigation bulletin uh, to address the related vulnerabilities that can be identified or mitigated using Cisco devices. IntelliShield published 80 events last week, 32 new events, and 48 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the physical risk management category. Hurricane Sandy is moving up the U.S. East Coast on a predicted track to pass over the major cities between Washington, D.C. and Boston. The storm is currently a level 1 hurricane and is expected to turn inland across Pennsylvania and then track northwest across New England. Severe weather warnings, evacuation orders, transportation disruptions, and travel advisories have been issued by local, state, and federal government agencies. The storm's high winds, heavy rain, and storm surge along coastal areas is expected to cause flooding and power outages for the affected areas. Fortunately, the storm was accurately predicted and initial warnings were issued several days in advance, allowing agencies and areas impacted to prepare for the storm. Hopefully, businesses and individuals in the impacted areas heeded the warning and have taken preparatory actions. 
Businesses are advised to closely monitor the warnings and storm through the early part of this week. After such a storm directly passes through an area, flooding can take days to develop as the rain collects in rivers and streams and the floodwaters collect and pass downstream. These areas are, will likely be heavily impacted through the coming week, and power interruptions could last for several days or weeks. And also this week, the Counter-Electronics High-Powered Advanced Missile Project is a developing project that's directed over a target to release a high-powered microwave burst. The burst of microwave energy doesn't harm people or structures, but it does completely knock out any computer or electronic systems. The attack isn't a temporary disruption, but destroys the electronic systems in the impacted area. The Boeing Phantom Works team, U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory Directed Energy Directorate team, and Raytheon uh, K-Tech have successfully tested the weapon. These types of weapons have been widely discussed for years, commonly referred to as electromagnetic pulse weapons, a term related to nuclear explosions. A weapon system of this type is catastrophic for any electronic system impacted. As these systems continue to develop and the government and private and military organizations become increasingly dependent on computer and electronic systems, the focus and potential use of the weapons also increases. While there are potential countermeasures and protections already in use and developing, they're limited in reducing the impact at the center of such a burst attack. Basically, the only limitation of the weapons is that they're very localized, directly impacting a relatively small area. While they don't directly damage people or structures, they're a weapon that would impact all electronics in the affected area. And this week in the legal risk management category... Italian scientists have been found guilty and sentenced to six years in prison for manslaughter for failing to warn the public of a, 20, a 2009 earthquake that resulted in 309 deaths. The prosecutor's case was that the scientists and government officials gave falsely reassuring statements, causing people not to take precautionary actions. This judgment and the ramifications of this case could be far-reaching across the scientific community and all those that provide predictive services. Obviously, the predicting of an earthquake is not an exact science, similar to many other types of predictions. They're generally based on a combination of quantitative and qualitative information and data reviewed by experienced and capable individuals to provide a pr probability of an event's occurrence. The question now is whether this ruling will negatively impact all those who provide such services and causing them to unnecessarily adjust their predictions based on fear of legal actions. Will every weather report or risk rating now need to be accompanied by disclaimer statements, as financial statements are? And next, in the trust risk management category, the 2012 Verizon Data Breach Investigation Report has been released, with the level of data and analysis security professionals have come to expect from these excellent reports. The media has released several articles focusing on specific topics in the report, such as insider-assisted attacks, data breach causes, and, and trends associated with the activity. The Verizon 2012 Data Breach Investigations Report contains painful reminders of not only the scope of crime, but also what security professionals can do better. First, hacking and malware were both up when compared with last year. Of all data breaches, 98% came from external agents, and 58% of all data theft was tied to activist groups. Still, a full 92% of incidents were discovered by a third party, 
This speaks volumes about the state of log monitoring in the security industry. The Verizon report mentioned that usually all that's needed to detect a breach is, quote, Sesame Street analytics, or looking at the security logs for an obvious day-to-day difference. Along the same lines, 54% of breaches had months of time between the initial compromise and the compromise discovery. 96% of victims subject to PCI data security standards had not achieved PCI compliance. Often, PCI is viewed as a minimum standard, yet the victims are not performing self-assessments or meeting PCI minimum requirements. The full report contains information specific to how crime impacts companies differently depending on the size of the company. It also has a sidebar analysis called a three-day work week, uh, which details activities of an Eastern European hacking group. Hopefully we can use this information to read logs at least three days a week. And next, in the identity risk management category. Barnes & Noble recently disclosed an attack on its point-of-sale systems that affected 63 stores across the United States. The attacks allowed the compromise of credit card information, and the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation is currently investigating. Barnes & Noble has disabled all point-of-sale systems at all its stores and is collecting them for examination, and will only use the credit card readers attached to the cash registers. Under direction of the U.S. Department of Justice, Barnes & Noble was not required to notify customers of of the compromise to allow the investigation to collect the needed information. The breach reportedly impacted only customers' purchases where a credit card was used in one of the affected stores. Businesses have seen an increasing number of attacks compromising point-of-sale devices. How these devices are compromised varies from malicious or altered code to the physical replacement of the point-of-sale device with a compromised device. The criminals in these attacks can then read all the credit card information processed by the devices. The criminals are becoming increasingly adept at these attacks, which has caused for businesses to more closely review the encryption and physical security of the devices. And this week in the human risk management category. October's month of national cybersecurity awareness is drawing to a close. Several organizations, businesses, and government agencies have provided a wealth of information to educate and assist individuals. Updates and recommendations on current criminal, activist, and malicious software activity are designed to heighten users' awareness and detection of the known and likely malicious activity that could impact their systems, personal information, and business. If organizations or individuals haven't taken advantage of the breadth and depth of information provided yet, they aren't out of luck. The information is available at multiple websites for download and use throughout the year to increase users' skills and awareness and reduce the impact of criminal and malicious activity. While October is the official month, the awareness, education, and training should occur throughout the year, keeping it top of mind and using events throughout the year as examples to reinforce the learning. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category, a wave of distributed denial-of-service attacks crippled the websites of major U.S. financial institutions this month. One group claiming responsibility for the attacks, called the Is Adin Al-Kazim Cyberfighters, claims that they used basic online tools and cited the now-infamous anti-Islam video posted to YouTube, which has been blamed for violence across the Middle East. However, it's unlikely that the hackers could have penetrated these institutions' robust defenses without more sophisticated tools than familiar botnets that harness zombie computers, according to a New York Times report. 
Instead, analysts cited in the report say that data centers were penetrated using malware designed to encrypt itself to hide from commercial-grade antivirus defenses. Then, infected servers were instructed to strike targeted websites simultaneously. It remains unclear whether the infected data center servers uh, have been programmed to strike again. Attacks that caused significant loss of data at energy companies in Saudi Arabia and Qatar in August have been called out as similar because of their successful targeting of major commercial entities. Indeed, some analysts suspect the attacks may all represent retaliation by Iranian hackers for the onslaught of cyber attacks against their nuclear facilities starting in uh, 2010 with Stuxnet. However, evidence linking these attacks is inconclusive, and these types of attacks were different. Unlike the harnessing of data center power in the bank attacks, the energy company attacks were probably loosed inside company networks by an employee, possibly using a USB stick. Moreover, language patterns in the code indicated it was probably designed by a single individual. These very different attacks point to difficulty in attribution, motive, and anticipating attack vectors, even as the real-world commercial costs rapidly rise. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com go SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.